Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's April 28th, 2022, Anno Domine. The Biden administration, today's first headline, has created a disinformation governance board. Isn't that nice? We're all very excited. Under the Department of Homeland Security, the new disinformation head of the United States is Nina Jankovic, who is she? We'll get into it next. The Biden nominee put on blast Nancy Abudu in her testimony at the Senate Judiciary Committee. Third, Ron Paul is out. The Ukraine war is a racket. What's he talking about? And finally, China. Their zero COVID lockdown strategy is rattling global markets and may tank China's economy, according to Bloomberg. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Which groups specifically are considered at this point the biggest threat, uh, most likely to cause civil unrest at or around Election Day? I think there's a general concern about Trump supporters potentially showing up armed to the polls and these sorts of voter suppression, voter intimidation, that's illegal everywhere. And I think there's just, again, a widespread fear that, you know, uh, groups of irregular supporters are going to show up at the polls to intimidate people and quote unquote watch. And that's very disturbing. So that's Nina Jankovic, who is a Harry Potter brained crazy person. She has now been named the head of disinformation for the Department of Homeland Security. That's nice. Wait a minute. Department of Homeland Security has a disinformation governance. What the heck is that? Well, Politico had this buried all the way down, deep, 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 deep down inside the Politico playbook yesterday with a hat tip to Daniel Lipman, who's one of these, you know, guys who slithers around D.C. trying to find out what's going on. It gets leaked to him that she's going to be running this board that no one's ever heard of. Then all of a sudden, Nina Jankovic is all over Twitter talking about how great it is that she's on the board. She's posting photos of herself, right? So it's pretty obvious that Nita Jankovic probably is the one who leaked the story herself. Because the Department of Homeland Security and the Biden administration, Senator Mayorkas, has clearly not said a word about this to anyone. Well, Senator Josh Hawley did not take too kindly to the obviously Orwellian disinformation governance board under the auspices of the Homeland Security Department. Just keep in mind, right, um, if you are somebody who is joining an organization called the Disinformation Governance Board and you're being named the head of it and you're using the authority of something called the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, that's you're not one of the good guys at that point. You, you, you might have that's like Hans, are we the baddies? Right. This is a bad. This is not a place where we as a country should be going into, and this is certainly unconstitutional under the First Amendment. Senator Hawley, following the reporting of Human Events Daily, Senator Hawley has sent a letter to the Biden administration demanding the immediate dissolution of this board, which will be used to censor and to go after anyone, any American citizen who has speech that the Biden administration deems undesirable, deems irreputable. That's what this board is for. That's who Nina Jankovic is. And Nina Jankovic, by the way, oh, and I do have to thank Senator Hawley because he did cite the reporting of Human Events Daily in his letter to the Biden administration. So thank you for Sen to Senator Hawley for getting that done. We also saw 
Uh, on the House side, Representative Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene responded to our reporting and said that she is on it. But going back, who is Nina Jankovic? So she's one of these people who's been involved in the disinformation uh, world, right? This this sort of quasi-academia, national security veneer sort of world where she looks out, spreads all sorts of crazy ideas, like saying that Russia hacked the 2016 election, that they interfered on behalf of President Trump. They did all this stuff. Then, then, and this is amazing, I found a tweet of hers from October of 2020 where she was referring to the Hunter Biden laptop itself as disinformation, right? So I think the clearest example that anyone has ever been able to find of a story that our social media overlords deemed was disinformation when it was completely true, they censored it, Facebook and Twitter, and the story wouldn't go anywhere. So Nina Jankovic then responds to our reporting saying, oh no, I wasn't saying that. I was merely live tweeting the debate that night. Here's the problem with that. That wasn't the only thing you said about it, because in a follow up comment, it's like she doesn't actually know that we can search Twitter. Right. If you got something on Twitter, understand Poso is going to find it. Poso is going to find it. And I'm going to keep the receipts in a response to somebody else talking about the laptop. She says that it was a fairy tale, a fairy tale. Right. Remember, Harry Potter brain Nina Jankovic, that it was a fairy tale that Hunter Biden, a crackhead, would have forgotten his laptop at this Delaware repair shop. Then multiple other times after that, she posted articles and tweets denouncing the laptop and discussing it in light of a Russian influence campaign. We caught the head of disinformation spreading disinformation in a lie in day one on the job. That's what we do here. Human Events Daily. Did you hear what Jen Psaki just said in the White House? She said, we don't believe that food scarcity is coming to the United States, but we are working to shore up food security around the world. When you've got the press secretary of the White House talking about food security, that's a red flag. You know it is time to buy your emergency food, and you do not want to do it half an hour after it's too late. Listen. Nothing beats a good stockpile of reliable emergency food. And let me help you get yours because I'm partnering with my Patriot Supply. We have set up a special website, a portal for you to go to right now. It's called preparewithposo.com. My Patriot Supply are America's largest preparedness company with over 50,000 four-star and five-star reviews from customers who love their food. The My Patriot Supply portal is preparewithposo.com. You go there right now access this web portal, you will save $150 on an amazing three-month emergency food kit. Yeah, that's right. You save $150. I double-checked this up to $150 through preparewithposo.com. So don't go directly. You go to preparewithposo.com. You save the $150. Make sure to get one kit from each person in your family. You can throw another one in the back of your car for peace of mind. We are seeing food riots around the world. We are seeing war in the breadbasket of Europe. We are seeing drought conditions in the breadbasket of the United States. And the United States currently, one more quarter, we head into recession. Get your emergency food now before the coming chaos. Go to preparewithposo.com, preparewithposo.com today. Take action. 
are you concerned that Charity Watch gave you an F that you had to pay $3.4 million in response to defamation lawsuits that you've been criticized, your organization's been criticized as a fraud and a con job, and that you work for an organization who says it's their goal in life to completely destroy their opponents? None of that gives you any pause. I can't believe you've been nominated for this position. I can't believe that the President of the United States would nominate someone from this organization with this record. Well, speaking of crazy people, the Southern Poverty Law Center apparently is now this disgraced fringe organization of left-wing psychopaths is now the recruitment center for President Biden and his judicial nominees because he's taken someone, Nancy Abudu, and he's nominated her for the 11th court, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. She once compared, according to Daily Mail, she once compared felon voting to slavery and called election security measures like voter ID and, you know, little things like proof of citizenship as voter suppression. So here we go. Georgia-born attorney Abudu is the deputy legal director for strategic litigation at the disgraced Southern Poverty Law Center, where she focuses on voting rights. In 2022, she said that the U.S. criminal justice system, quote, can literally kill you. The president has had 40 judicial nominees confirmed to the bench more than any other American commander in chief since Ronald Reagan. Biden, that's according to Daily Mail, uh, Biden nominated her to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, which covers Georgia, Alabama and Florida. This organization has declared that sitting senators on the Judiciary Committee, including Hawley, Cruz, Paul, others, they've declared them white supremacists because that's what this organization does. They exist to scare their donors by smearing sitting congressmen, sitting senators, people like uh, Ben Carson, by the way. They called him an extremist. They called Majid Nawaz an extremist when he's actually a counter extremist over in the UK. He sued for defamation. And because the UK actually has something called serious defamation laws, he won $3.5 million and they were forced to apologize to him. The same organization, by the way, and Senator Hawley was absolutely taking him to task. He even goes further in the actual video. So Senator Hawley, you're getting two segments out of us today, by the way, right? where he was explaining that even left-wing liberal publications and centrist publications have all come out and pointed to the fact that this organization is completely disreputable. They've got over $100 million in, uh, in, in foreign funds that are in these Cayman Islands accounts that nobody can seem to find. They're paying taxes on these things. It, and their leader had to resign in disgrace over, and I love this, over racial issues as well as over sexual harassment issues so you've got the leader of the organization that's supposed to be dedicated to fighting racism resigning over racism that's kind of just it's this is the united states today right we're one we're run by crazy people and now they're going to take one of these crazy people and put them on the bench and put them in higher office and say, no, that's fine. That's fine that you worked for all these crazy people, that you tried to ruin lives, that you uh, incited a mass shooting, by the way, at the Family Research Council, where in 2013, the shooter actually admitted that he went to the website, pulled the information down for this organization, and then what did he do? He didn't go straight there with his gun. No, 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 no. He went to Chick-fil-A. He went to Chick-fil-A. He purchased a couple of bags of Chick-fil-A sandwiches and then went in 
He was later taken down by a security guard. But what did he say? What did he say that he brought the Chick-fil-A for? Because he said that he wanted to shoot everyone dead inside the Family Research Council and smear the Chick-fil-A sandwiches on their dead bodies. These are the type of people that the Southern Poverty Law Center is inciting to violence. These are the types of people that are reading this site and using it as a kill list for conservatives, for Christians, for senators, for others. James T. Hodgkinson, nobody ever wants to talk about that anymore, almost assassinated Steve Scalise. The congressional baseball shooting of 2017. He mowed down an entire baseball practice full of Republicans. And he made sure, he made sure to ask before he conducted his shooting, who is on the field? Is that Republicans or is it Democrats? The response came, well, those are the Republicans. It was over in Virginia, Northern Virginia. And when he heard that it was Republicans, he started shooting. These people, right, there's a whole industry on the left that has turned this into a business plan. It's a market plan for them. They find someone, they demonize them, they smear them. Ben Carson, right? Smearing Ben Carson as an extremist. The man's a neurosurgeon. Rand Paul, Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz, by the way, had a clip asking her, can you define what a white supremacist is? Ted Cruz, who's Cuban, by the way. Is he a white supremacist? Obviously not. But they've turned it for these people. It's a business plan. They scare their donors, they lie about you, and then they turn it into putting money in their own pockets that goes to help no one but themselves. I served five years in the military. I've had a little experience. I've spent a little bit of time over in the Pakistan, Afghanistan area, as well as in Iran. But I wouldn't wait for my generals. I'm the commander in chief. I make the decisions. I tell the generals what to do and I'd bring them home as quickly as possible. And I'd get them out of Iraq as well. And I wouldn't start a war in Libya. I'd quit bombing Yemen and I'd quit bombing Pakistan. I'd start taking care of people here at home because we could save hundreds of billions of dollars. Our national security is not enhanced by our presence over there. We have no purpose there. We should learn the lessons of history and the longer we're there the worse things are, are and the more danger we're in as well because our presence there is not making friends let the, me tell you the great ron paul you know maybe just maybe maybe just maybe we should have listened maybe we wouldn't be on the cusp of a recession right now in the united states we're already one quarter negative a recession is defined as two consecutive negative quarters. We got one. We got one more to go. President Biden, can you get us it? You remember all this? You remember him saying, well, you can spend your way out of debt. You can spend your way out of debt. This is Keynesian economics, folks. It's just this beautiful Keynesian, well, the government can spend, and if the government continues spending, then, uh, uh, you know, eventually it'll go into the economy. I love how Thomas Sowell put this, by the way. Once, so Thomas Sowell, yeah, that's right. That's right. I can quote Thomas Sowell. I'm going to. Thomas Sowell once had a line where he said, thinking that government spending is going to uh, grow the economy is like taking water out of the deep end of the pool and adding it to the shallow end of the pool and thinking that will eventually fill the pool. I've always loved that metaphor because that's exactly explaining what's going on, right? 
it's still the same amount of money. You're not growing anything. And if you've got a leak in that pool, then guess what? Your water is going to be going out because you need to get a hose and you need to add that hose back in. That's the hose that's called the free market. That's called free enterprise. That's called actual competition in this country. What did Ron Paul write? War is a racket. Uh, and this comes to us from the Ron Paul Institute. And of course, he's echoing the famous U.S. Major General Smedley Butler, he, who explained a racket is best described, I believe, as something that is not what it seems to the majority of people. Only a small inside group knows what it's about. It's conducted for the benefit of the very few at the expense of the very many. Out of war, a few people make huge fortunes. Fortunes. General Butler's observation describes the U.S.-NATO response to the Ukraine war perfectly. So back to Ron Paul. The propaganda continues to portray the, the war in Ukraine as that of an unprovoked Goliath out to decimate an innocent David unless we in the U.S. and NATO contribute massive amounts of military equipment to Ukraine. As is always the case with propaganda, this version of events is manipulated to bring an emotional response to the benefit of special interests. One group of special interests profiting massively on the war is the U.S. military-industrial complex. You may have heard of them. Raytheon CEO Greg Hayes recently told a meeting of shareholders that everything that's being shipped into Ukraine today, of course, is coming out of stockpiles, either at DOD or from our NATO allies. And this is Raytheon. I love this. Direct quote. And that's all great news. Eventually, we'll have to replenish it and we'll see a benefit in the business. It's a business plan for them. The people that are dying in eastern Ukraine right now, the missiles that are raining down across the country, the families, women and children caught in the middle of this thing. And this guy from Raytheon says it's great news. You know why? Because it's great news for him. It's great news for his bottom line. It's great news for his shareholders. And it's great news for his board. By the way, who was on the board? Who was the board holder of Raytheon? Board member. Lloyd Austin, the current Secretary of Defense, who tells us, by the way, that he's got his stock options in a blind trust. How much stock do you currently have in Raytheon right now, sir? How much stock do you currently, as you sit today at the head of our Pentagon, going over to Kiev, telling them to continue fighting, will fight to the last Ukrainian because you've got Raytheon stock and you're making money off of the blood of the innocent. That's what's going on here. This is a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace and it's disgusting because these people, and they said it right there, it's good news. China is a very important part of the global economy, especially when it comes to supplying the world's businesses with inputs key for selling their end products. So now pair a shutdown of some Chinese suppliers with an already broken supply chain and U.S. inflation running at the highest level in decades. I think that then if these lockdowns last, it's entirely possible that U.S. companies could see their profits hit because of the cost of input products rising. And that could mean they could raise prices for their consumers. If they raise prices for their consumers, that could push inflation higher. Well, I just love this out of Bloomberg now. Suddenly they're admitting that lockdowns maybe, just maybe, have an effect on the economy. My goodness, who could have ever figured this out? Who could ever have thought that lockdowns, but of course they're only saying it in the context of China. They would never mention that 
when it comes to Dr. Fauci or the CDC or the blue states here in America. No, no, no. All you small business owners, all you families, all you um, all you school children, who cares? Who cares about you being kicked out of school and having your businesses shut down and what effect on the economy it's going to be? But at least finally, Bloomberg is kind of maybe seeing the light. I don't know. I don't like to give credit to these people, but let's see what they have to say, at least because we have to know what they're up to. China's campaign to wipe out COVID is crushing its economy. Juicing growth is again the government's top priority as lockdowns drag on and the party Congress looms this fall. Virus outbreaks in a property slump are forcing Xi Jinping to put his revamp of China's economy on hold as he faces mounting pressure to reverse last year's zero COVID policies. You got 25 million people in an open air prison in Shanghai. They're conducting panic buying in Beijing because they think they know what happened in Shanghai and they're stocking up because they think the CCP is going to lock them in their own homes in the capital city of China. That's the Chinese Communist Party. That's Xi Jinping. That's the lockdown policies. And I was speaking in Atlanta last week at AFPI, and we, we laid this out and I laid it out. If you go back to episode one, Right. Season one, episode one of War Room Pandemic. How did I close out the show? I talked about the mandate of heaven. In ancient China, when a dynasty had been corrupted and degenerated and was falling, it was said that they would lose the mandate of heaven and that a new dynasty must arise. And one of those signs. Famine, pestilence invasion, and disease. When disease would sweep throughout the land, that is a sign of losing the mandate of heaven. But the CCP isn't a dynasty because the CCP has always been a lie. It wasn't the CCP that brought the Chinese people out of poverty. It wasn't the CCP that fueled the growth of China. Who was it? It was you, ladies and gentlemen. It was the American people through our elites, through the financial direct investment our wealth, the outsourcing, the manufacturing, all the jobs that were sent to China. Why does Detroit look like it does? Why does Chicago look like it does? Why do our subways and trains and infrastructure all seem like they're falling apart? Well, the cities of China, Wuhan, Shanghai, all of these cities look like glittering metropolis. It's simple. You paid for that. Your family paid for that. Your prospects paid for that. Understand this was the largest wealth transfer to a criminal transnational organization in human history. And that's all the time we have today. Human Events Daily. Remember, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us. Share this out with one, just one of your normie friends. And leave us, seriously, leave us one of your reviews. If you go in today, even if you don't write anything, just leave us that five-star review. Takes two seconds. Go on your podcast cap, hit it, boom. It really helps us up. It helps us with our rankings. Really appreciate that. What did we talk about today? The Biden admin created a disinformation governance board. Then, number two, they nominated someone from the crazy SPLC to the 11th Circuit Court. Ron Paul is out there. Ukraine war is a racket. And finally, China's zero COVID lockdowns are rattling global markets. But before we go, it's time for today's history break. On this day in 1945, Italian dictator Benito Mussolini 
following the loss of World War II, was captured on a train, tried to escape from Italy, and was executed. Understand, the people will always rise up, and the people will always get their justice. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.